God as far as healing, as far as deliverance, as far as change. I'm thankful that's what we see in our time and what we can believe God to do in our lives. Praise God. How incredible and how wonderful the word of the Lord is. And let me just say thank you so much for those of you who are teaching Bible studies. Amen. I think that's a very essential part uh, of our sharing uh, the Lord in, this, in, in our time. And I'm thankful that that can result in great things uh, that come forth as well. Uh, because the Lord can bring forth changes based on his word. His word being eternal. His word being forever settled. His word being everlasting. His word um, never uh, passing away. Praise God. I'm thankful for that word. And have you ever wondered, you know, the, the scripture uh, sometimes just as real succinct and uh, real brief in describing people and, and situations, have you ever wondered about the background of those uh, individuals, uh, what they may have experienced uh, up to that point in their lives, what they may have had as far as uh, events and um, situations. And uh, I kind of want to share that with you today. Because there was a man who sat at the gate and begged. And we don't know that much about him except he was lame. Lame from his mother's womb. And he's over 40 years old at the time that this event in Acts chapter 3 comes to him. So, Acts 3 and verse 2, here's the description of, of that man. You can stand if you wish, please. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord. Just one verse, and uh, then we'll share uh, the events of uh, this experience for this man who is described as being lame. Let's read together Acts 3 and verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. You're going to get a picture now of this man. And uh, as I said, he's 40 years old or, or more. He's never taken a step in his life. Uh, he's, he's, uh, and his lifestyle just consists of being carried to the gate that is called beautiful. And I don't imagine there, as far as his existence is concerned, there's very much that's beautiful about it. It's, it's pretty bleak. And then his friends or his relatives show up and they carry him back home. And that's what he looks forward to the next day, the next week, the next month. He knows the Jewish festivals and the influx of people, the crowds that will come to celebrate those feasts and festivals. But, uh, and maybe the increase of coins that fall in his basket or whatever he used to beg and then the crowds would decrease and he could look forward to less. I don't know. But something's going to change. Praise God. 
Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. When he was born, he was probably normal looking. And uh, his mother made sure he uh, had ten fingers, ten toes, and uh, all of that. And uh, little Isaac back there, uh, maybe just like uh, this, this man. Except there was a weakness in his ankles and his feet. They, they didn't form correctly. He learned how to crawl. He could um, sit up on his knees. But as far as holding on to you know, a stool or a bench or, or something and pulling himself erect like little Isaac is going to do here in a few months, uh, that didn't happen. And his mother's tears and his dad's worries didn't change that situation. And so they just realized we're going to have to make the best of it. I wonder, too, if maybe they lived uh, in a village not far from Jerusalem. Maybe Bethany was less than two miles away where Lazarus and Mary and Martha grew up. Maybe Emmaus, that we know is about seven miles away from Jerusalem. And those small villages uh, did not have the crowds that a beggar would require or that a beggar could subsist on uh, as far as the smaller populations. Maybe his mom and dad realized if he's going to have to beg for the rest of his life, we better move to a more populated area. And so, they came to Jerusalem. And they tried maybe this corner where the market is. They tried this area where the pool was. And finally, they realized lots of people come to the temple. That's where we're going to put him. And just so we know, um, a, a location and a place that uh, is going to be quite common, we'll put him by this gate that's called beautiful. And the movement of that gate may have mocked the lack of movement on the part of that lame man. We don't know his name. Uh, he's, he, he remains uh, anonymous to some degree, but oh my, what an incredible event that was awaiting him. He saw governors of, of Rome come and go. He watched centurions and their soldiers march by. He was aware of the high priest and the changes that may have come and the entourage that accompanied him as he went with great grandeur into the temple. And he may have held his basket out and shook it a little bit, hopeful that they would, uh, they would give. But if the Lord's parable about uh, the Good Samaritan and the Levite passing on one side, the priest passing on the other. Maybe they weren't that generous. But uh, he got some things and some donations because that's how he was able to live. Maybe as a young boy, he heard about the stir uh, that the wise men and their company, I'm sure it wasn't just 
three guys on camels. Uh, they were rich. They, uh, they were influential. They were rulers. And uh, no doubt there was a, a company that came with them. And more than three camels, more than a few donkeys and horses, uh, it was a great gr group that came to Herod's palace. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? And uh, this lame man was a young boy at that time. But he may have heard about it, he may have wondered, he may have looked up, a star? Where's the star? And all of these events took place. And then uh, stories began coming to him of events that were going on around Galilee, the Jordan River, and uh, various places. But even in Jerusalem, he heard about an event that took place at the Pool of Bethesda. And the man had had the infirmity for 38 years. And when he got that news, he thought, wow, that's about as long as I am old. The poor guy, uh, crippled like me, infirmity like me. But somehow, he was healed. And he walked because Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And the man started to explain the circumstances. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, so, lots of times we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have and give thanks to the Lord for what we do have. Amen. And uh, thank God that the Lord was there to proclaim to him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And the lame man may have thought, oh, I would love to hear that. And more than just hear it, I'd love to do that. Where I don't have to sit here and beg. I don't have to shake my basket at people who are walking by. And, uh, you know, be, uh, my eye level be at their knees and their belts and, and them looking down on me. I'd love to be able to rise up and I'll, I'll carry my bed. I'll, sure enough, whatever I've got to carry, I'll, I'll do it. And then he may have heard how Jesus spoke to that man, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. He said, I'll do that. You know, I, I, I can follow through on that. The miracle was done on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to take up your bed and walk. <laughs> and the religious leaders sought to persecute and even slay Jesus. But that lame man sitting at the gate wondered if he should make his way to the pool somehow. Maybe it'll happen again. And uh, maybe he wondered, uh, who is Jesus? From Nazareth? That's interesting. And then, as he sat at the gate again, and the temple area is quite large, and uh, there was uh, a group listening to a teacher uh, down the way, and all of a sudden, there was a tumult. There was a disturbance. There was a group of people who came dragging this woman and thrusting her into the crowd, into the group who was there listening to, I don't know, a rabbi. He, he didn't know who it was. But there was a big interruption. And there was a big hubbub that was going on. And, and he, could, he could hear snatches of of uh, accusations being brought to her and, 
uh, uh, to Jesus, and he didn't know it was Jesus. He didn't know what was going on, but he knew there was something happening as he uh, maybe scooted himself along and peered down the, uh, the way there and, and, uh, and saw the poor woman standing there, embarrassed, humiliated, accused, more than that, condemned. But then it got kind of quiet because the man who was teaching just stooped down and began to write on the ground. And uh, there was a few more who persisted in asking him, Moses said she should be stoned. She's an adulteress. But what do you say? He didn't say anything. He just began to write on the ground. Then finally he said, let him that is without sin among you cast the first stone. Now, he, he didn't hear this verbatim, that the crowd was too far away from where he sat on his begging mat, but he got reports of it. He got people telling him what happened because he probably asked him, what was going on down there? Yeah. You know, I, I, could, I could see a crowd gather. I could see uh, an interruption of the teaching, but what, what happened anyway? And they began to fill in the blanks for him and uh, let them know what happened. And then, amazingly, he heard the same phrase that was said, go and sin no more. And he could nod his head and say, that's what I would do. I would avoid any of the problems. I would avoid any of the sin. Praise God. And then thankful that that woman was able to walk away without condemnation into a new life, into a new experience, into a new situation. Praise God. See, all of these things happened in Jerusalem. How about that young man born blind? And, uh, and, and maybe they, they crossed paths, so to speak. Uh, the poor man learning his way around Jerusalem because he's blind, and uh, the lame man being carried or carted or pulled in a wagon. I don't know how they transported him, but they were beggars. They may have compared notes, so to speak. How you doing? Are you getting enough donations? Are there generous people in where you're finding yourself uh, to beg? Maybe he knew of that young man. But Jesus, remember, anointed his eyes and told him to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And that blind man, young man, he went, he washed, and he came back with sight. And oh my, that lame man must have smiled at that news. He must have realized, that's the young man that I saw begging when I was being brought to the temple in my customary spot. That's the young man. How incredible that he now has sight. Well, the neighbors were confused whether it was him or not. And they, they looked at him and said, is he the one that used to be a beggar? Well, he, he used to be blind. But now he has sight. And uh, the, um, the Pharisees stepped up because the miracle was on the Sabbath again and, and Jesus again. And they declared, Jesus is not of God. And they called the parents, is this your son? 
Was he born blind? How is it that he now can see? Yeah, he's our son, and he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see. And it's a shame that they were afraid of the persecution of the Pharisees, that they backed up a little bit instead of hugging our son and, 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 uh, and realizing, wow, a miracle has been done. Yes, he was blind from birth. And how he's able to see now, we don't know, but we're so thankful. We're so glad. We're so thrilled. And we're proud of our son. Praise God. But they said, he's of age, ask him. And he can speak for himself. And praise God, he did four times. <laughs> Amen. Four times he, he told his testimony. And uh, the third time he said, one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. Praise God. A sure experience. A real event. An incredible miracle. They couldn't talk him out of it. It's amazing they were trying to talk him out of it. <laughs> the crusting and the discrediting of Jesus continued. And finally, the fourth time he said, Herein is a marvelous thing. He has opened my eyes. And from the beginning of the world, it's never been told that one born blind had his eyes opened. He's insistent on what happened to, to him. Praise God. And I'm thankful he was not intimidated. He wasn't afraid. He, he wasn't concerned that he would be backed into a corner and, and, uh, and he would no longer be in fellowship. In fact, they cast him out. And that's what his parents were afraid of, being cast out. But Jesus brought him in. Praise God. Amen. I can remember not being welcome to hang out with my friends anymore. You know, the ones that I, I, I did things that uh, were, were wrong. And uh, they offered me this and offered me that. And I would say, no, no, I don't, I don't do that anymore. No, I, I don't need that anymore. And uh, they walked away. And I'm standing there watching them go. And I'm thinking, now what? <laughs> well, I went home and I opened my Bible and I started reading again. Praise God. And I'm thankful that the Lord made the difference. Praise God. Jesus found the young man who he had healed and uh, asked him, uh, you know, do you believe on the Son of God? And the young man said, who is he that, that I can believe? And the Lord said, thou hast both seen him. It's only been a few hours now that he's been able to see. It's only been a matter of hours that the miracle had happened to him, and the Lord is emphasizing it. You've seen him, and he it is that talketh with you. Praise God. The man, young man's eyes must have opened big, and he worshiped the Lord. Oh, thank God that there would be that change that would come to him, and there would be that connection. There would be that realization. This is who I can worship. This is who I can believe in. This is who I can call upon. Praise God. Oh, thank the Lord. He believed and he worshiped. That lame man sitting at the gate may have heard about this miracle. He may have heard about the details and realized the young man born blind was 
just like him, born crippled. And uh, from their birth, they had this affliction. But now this Jesus brought a change. Praise God. And oh my, how the hope must have risen in that lame man. If the Lord could do it for one born blind, he could do it for me born crippled. I hope I can see him. I hope I can talk to him. I hope I can call upon him. And hope began to rise even more. Praise God. And then the event that happened in Bethany, not that far away. Lazarus being sick. Lazarus dying. Lazarus being laid in the tomb. You know, he may have even seen Lazarus come to the temple. He may have even known who Lazarus was and had Lazarus drop some coins into his basket. And he learned that Jesus went to Bethany to be with Mary and Martha. He knew about the love that he had for uh, that uh, uh, brother and, and his sisters. Hmm. And he may have heard the Lord say, thy brother shall rise again. He may have heard the details of the Lord declaring, I am the resurrection and the life. He may have heard it reported that Jesus wept. And tears may have come to his eyes, the lame man, as he sat there on that mat, as he heard about the religious man, Lazarus, who was real. He wasn't fake. He wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't self-righteous. He was real. And he showed love to that lame man. He heard Jesus give the commands, take ye away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Loose him and let him go. Short commands. Not a whole lot that would go along with it. You know, no explanations, no, uh, no substantial demands, just short commands. Roll ye away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Loose him and let him go. Praise God. And Lazarus resurrected. Praise God. Lazarus restored to his sisters. Amen. And even the Pharisees, those guys that discredit, those guys that complain, those guys that criticize, they had to say, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. Praise God. And even death couldn't stop Jesus. And the lame man again wishing, oh, I want to talk to him. Oh, I, I want to see him. Oh, I, I, I wish he would come by here. Surely he's, a religious man like him is going to come to the temple and, and he's going to see me in my condition and he's going to do something about it. Praise God. And he knew the, the Passover was coming up. He knew the crowd would increase. He knew that the population in Jerusalem would swell again because this is a feast. This is a time. This is a lamb being slain. It's happened 40 times in my lifetime, and it's going to happen again. And so he's hopeful. He's, he, he's wishing. The increase in, in visitors in Jerusalem means more money in my basket. But then he heard strange things. The arrest of Jesus the healer. The apprehension 
uh, of him as he prayed in the garden. And then the sentence by Pilate, the Roman governor, and his shock as he heard the cruel Roman punishment of crucifixion was going to happen to the one that was called to Christ. And Golgotha was a small hill outside of Jerusalem, and maybe the lame man could see it. Probably not because of the walls of Jerusalem, but it's possible. Imagine with me now. And then the three crosses that appeared on that hill. And the lame man is sitting there watching. And then the earth began to shake. And darkness came. And he's wondering about all of this. As he's there in the the crowd that uh, departed from, uh, from that high spot outside of Jerusalem. He couldn't imagine the torment that they were going through, those three hanging on the cross, especially the one in the middle. He could not understand. Why are they treating him like that? He did good deeds. He healed people. He healed people I knew. Why did that happen? And then his hope for healing, his hope that Jesus would lay hands on him, his, his, his hope that there would be a change that would come to him, settled down into a grief and a gloom that just covered everything. And they carried him home. They carried him back. They carried him home, and they carried him back. And then, what's this I hear? Some people went to the tomb. Nicodemus, I know him. Joseph from Arimathea, yeah, he's, he's donated to me many times. They took his body down, they put him in the tomb, but now the tomb's empty? What? I heard there was a stone rolled in front. I heard there was a guard. I heard there was a seal of Rome. Nobody is supposed to go against that. Nobody is supposed to do anything to oppose that. But yet the stones rolled away, and the women and Peter and John and all the others are saying it's empty? And hope came again. Praise God. And that lame man is saying, oh, I wish I could walk. Oh, I wish I could run around and see what's going on. I wish I could join the crowd and, and, and know what's happening. Because he heard snatches of conversation of priests who were going into the temple. Malchus had his ear cut off. But Jesus reattached it just like that. And that veil, that veil being torn... He, you know, he may have heard comments being made as the priest walked by him into the temple and he's wishing, ah, I wish I could hear more. I wish I could understand more. I wish I could wonder, uh, hear what, what is happening. And his hope increased because Jesus, the risen Lord, might appear to him right where he was sitting, right where he was begging. And it would be different for him not having to beg anymore. 
his ankles and his feet would be healed and he could walk like any ordinary man and he would be sure to go into the temple. All of these thoughts going through his mind, but it didn't happen. The day of Pentecost is approaching and again he's thinking, carry me to the temple. Another feast day, 50 days after the Passover, Maybe there's going to be a bigger crowd, and my basket could have a few more coins in it. And the crowd did increase. In fact, he heard of a crowd in, a, in an upper room who were having a prayer meeting. He heard about the group who had gathered there with joy. And then he heard... They were speaking in languages that they didn't know. They were speaking in languages that they were not familiar with. How could that be? And, and somebody reported there were like tongues of fire on top of them and, and just an incredible and things that were happening. And they were talking about the goodness of God and the power of the Lord and the blessings of God. And then 3,000 of them got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, my. I remember as a, as a boy uh, hearing about John the Baptist. And I remember about all of the things that happened as he preached. And all of the baptisms that took place as John repented about uh, or preached about repentance. <laughs> and now he's wondering about all of these things happening. And he's back at the gate. He's back with his basket begging. And he sees two individuals coming towards him. By this time, he was pretty good at gauging the wealth of people. He was pretty good at, at saying, oh, here comes somebody who is well off. I hope they put some coins in my basket. And then he could tell, oh, that farmer doesn't have much money. That, that, uh, that carpenter, no. Uh, I hope I can get a few pennies. And Peter and John, not much money there either for Pentecostal preachers. <laughs> Look on us. So he looks. You got something for me? You got something to tell me? You got something to give me? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's the name he was wanting to hear. That's the command he was hoping for. And when Peter reached down and grabbed his hand, something happened to his ankles. Something happened to his feet. He stood up. He walked. He leaped. He praised God. You could not quiet him down. There was no Pharisee that could criticize him or discredit Peter and John. He continued to worship. He continued to exalt the Lord. He continued to praise God. Just like any of you who've been healed, I'd give praise to my God. I'd lift up the name of Jesus Christ above all others. I'd give worship to the one who delivered you, the one who saved you, the one who healed you. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. <laughs> praise God. He continued walking. He continued leaping. He continued praising God. He was readily recognized. That's the man who was begging? That's the one we saw day after day at the gate beautiful? We passed him every day. We may have dropped some coins into his basket. How is it now that he's walking? How is it now that he's jumping up and down? How is it now that he's praising the name of Jesus? And they gathered at Solomon's porch. And Peter got up to preach. Praise God. <laughs> he preached about Jesus being resurrected. Jesus being alive. Praise God. Jesus making a difference. Repent ye therefore and be converted. And oh, the, that, that former lame man may have nodded his head. That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. This was Peter's message. Praise God. Amen. And the next day, he's still walking. I, I don't know if he got blisters on his feet. <laughs> I don't know if he, he got home and, and wiggled his toes and moved his ankle. Go ahead and do that. Stick your foot out there. and Move your ankle around. Move your foot around. He had never been able to do that. He had no strength in his ankles or his feet. He couldn't wiggle his toes. He couldn't adjust his ankle around. And then he stuck the other one out. Praise God. And he looked at that. Amen. <laughs> he put it in a pail of water and he swished them around. Praise God. He thought, ah, I can go swimming with my buddies. I can go and have fun with them when they go to the marketplace. When oh, they're, they're going to go and buy fresh fruit, I can go with them. I don't have to sit here with my basket. I don't have to be on that mat anymore. I don't have to wait for the cart to come and pick me up and take me back home to my little hovel that I've got to stay in. And all I have to look forward to is going back to the gate and begging some more. Oh, then a fresh praise would come on him and he'd worship the Lord some more. The tears would stream down his face as he would recognize, my life has changed. My life is better. Jesus has made a difference for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And the council called Peter and John. Where are you guys going? Oh, the council summoned. I'm going with you. Praise God. Amen. Peter told him it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that the man was healed and made whole. He told him there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And the council took knowledge of them that they were unlearned and ignorant, but they had been in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. And the lame man standing there, they could not, they could not ignore it. In fact, they're the ones that said, a notable miracle has been done. <laughs> Praise God. It wasn't, it wasn't Peter and John saying, look, look, a notable miracle. Look at this. This is amazing. No, it was the, those who were persecuting, those who were opposite, those who were accusing said, that's a notable miracle. <laughs> that's what Jesus does. Praise God. Amen. 
See, he's 40 years old. They realized that. They knew him. They recognized him. They had put coins, a few, in his basket. But persecution did not run him off. Persecution did not stop him from walking with Peter and John and praising God all over again. And every time Peter and John said the name Jesus Christ, he would join right in with a hallelujah. Praise God. What a difference he's made in my life. What a change that he's brought. I hope to speak to him. I hope to have him touch me. I hope to have him pray for me. But his disciples did. They had the power. They knew the name. They could pray and they could bring the miracle. Just like you. You've got the same spirit. You've been baptized in the same name. Praise God. Amen. He probably walked with them to the prayer meeting because that's what they did. They didn't have a pity party. They went to a prayer meeting. Praise God. And they began to pray and call upon the Lord and tell him about the persecution and the threats and the warnings and all of this stuff. And they prayed for boldness to speak God's word. They prayed for signs and wonders. And that lame man may have looked down at his feet. Signs and wonders. That's me. That's what's happened to me. And he may have stuck that foot out there and wiggled it around again. Praise God. That's what they were praying for. And the place was shaken. There had just been a few weeks before that an earthquake happened. And now it's shaken again. Praise God. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That lame man heard about what happened on the day of Pentecost. And he wanted it to happen to him. And oh man, I believe, along with all of the apostles and disciples gathered together in that prayer meeting, he spoke in tongues just like they did. Praise God. He wanted to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ just like they had been. Praise God. And the power of God was there for him and the blessings that were there. Amen. Oh, thank the Lord. What a change that came to him. Over 40 years old, how much longer did he live? How many times did he tell his testimony? How many times did he have to affirm, yeah, yep, I was the guy that you gave some coins to. Yeah, I remember you. You, you, you came that time in the Passover, and, and, uh, and you dropped some coins in, in my basket. Now look at, look at me. I don't have to beg anymore. I've got a good job. I've got a, my, my, my family. Oh, 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 man, the changes. And he'd just go right into it again. And for good measure, he'd just jump up and down, amen, and just be excited about what God. <laughs> hmm. The wait was over. Forty years is a long time. And maybe you've been waiting a long time. Maybe you saw miracles for others. And you wondered, is this going to happen to me? Is Jesus going to come and heal me? Can the Lord do that work as well? 
Praise God. And you've encouraged yourself. You tried not to be envious. You just encouraged yourself in the Lord. Oh, yes, the Lord can do it for me. The Lord can make a change for me. I'm going to keep believing God. I'm going to keep trusting him. I'm going to keep praying him, praying, praying to him and believing him. Praise God. And friends would encourage you. Friends would assure you, I'm praying for you. I'm believing with you. Praise God. And you just keep going. Be obedient. Be faithful. Amen. Grab a hold of scriptures. Amen. This, this was almost my key verse. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. I may, I may claim that one for my next key verse. Praise God. Because it's so powerful. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope yes. through the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And that's the God that can answer. That's the God that can provide. That's the God that can minister. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious. Don't worry. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth understanding, shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Claim those promises. Believe what the Lord is able to do for you. Amen. Oh, thank God when he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Praise God. We can claim that. We can believe it. We can trust it. Hallelujah. When we're sick, we can ask to be anointed with oil in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Lord, the Lord, the Bible says, will raise you up. He's good at doing that. He knows how. He's got a lot of experience. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the problem Praise God. The word of God can be fulfilled. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ah, I'm glad those promises are real. I'm glad those promises come to pass. I'm glad that God does not forsake his word. He will fulfill it. There hath not failed one word of all of his good promise. That's what we can hold on to. That's what we can believe. That's what we can claim. Amen, amen. You believe that. Stand to your feet today. Thank God for the power and the blessing of the Lord and the strength that he's able to bring forth, the goodness that he's able to provide. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful that he can and will fulfill his word. Praise God. Praise God. You're going to see that lame man in heaven. You make it there, you're going to be able to ask him, you're going to be able to hear his testimony. You're going to be able to ask him, what's the rest of your story? Paul Harvey doesn't even need to be there. He can be the one to give the rest of the story. Praise God. And oh my, what a story it's going to be. Hallelujah. The Lord kept my feet strong. The Lord kept my ankle bones together. There's a lot of them, isn't there? A lot of bones in your feet. A lot of moving parts in your ankles. And the Lord did the work for him. Praise God. And oh, the rest of his life, 
blessed. The rest of his life, provision. The rest of his life, abundance. Because that's what God enjoys giving. That's what he enjoys providing. And thank God he does that for us as well. Would you come to the front now? We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to exalt the Lord. We're going to give him thanks. Hallelujah. And we're going to expect. We're going to expect that his touch is going to come upon us again. (laughs) Hallelujah. And his goodness is going to be displayed for us again. Amen. Amen. Because it doesn't matter what the need is. doesn't matter. Our Lord provides. Our Lord blesses. Our Lord ministers. Praise God. And we put our trust in Him. Let's give Him praise together here right now. Amen. To start with, let's exalt Him. Praise God. Let's lift Him up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We thank you.